Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And Merry Christmas, Hannah. Merry Christmas to you too. Because this week we're looking at the new releases for the festive fortnight starting on Christmas Eve. And they include... Netflix fantasy prequel The Witcher Blood Origin and the ITVX family succession drama Riches. We'll also be looking at the Britney Spears saga in Discovery Plus documentary Jamie vs. Britney, the father-daughter trial. I feel like I lived every single minute of that at the time. Um, the Netflix espionage drama Treason, starring Charlie Cox, and ITV's real-life drama Stonehouse, starring Matthew McFadden and Keely Hawes. We'll also be rounding up the rest of the Christmas crackers on streaming platforms and terrestrial TV. Well, Hannah, it's such a packed podcast this week. Uh, there's no time for news. We're just going to plough straight on into the Christmas crackers, starting on ITV on holiday Monday, the 2nd of January. It's a new drama series called Stonehouse, and here's a clip. Unfortunately, I have to go away. It is now five days since the Labour MP, John Stonehouse, disappeared off this beach in Florida. We can't have one of our MPs faking his own death. He's always been a very strong swimmer. Well, you're far too young to remember this, Hannah, but way back in 1974, in one of the strangest chapters of British politics, a Labour MP called John Stonehouse faked his own death by leaving a pile of clothes on a beach in Miami. Stranger than fiction, I know. Well, Incredibly, this story hasn't been dramatised before because it's such a great story. Well, now it has. It stars real-life married couple Matthew McFadden and Keely Hawes as John Stonehouse and his his first wife, Barbara. So the backdrop to this story is Stonehouse was kind of a rising star in, in the Labour Party and uh, Harold Wilson is played by the Crown's Kevin McNally and, and Wilson gets him into the cabinet and it looks as if he's going to, he's tipped for sort of great things. However, as we find out in this drama, he gets mixed up allegedly in espionage. Then some of his investments start to go belly up. Uh, he has an affair with his secretary and a his life sort of starts spiralling out of control. So he comes up with this Reggie Perrin style or Canoe Man style way to disappear and start a new life on the other side of the world. And I mean, the story gets even stranger as it continues, but I don't want to give too much away for people who don't remember John Stonehouse and what happened. So McFadden is terrific in the lead role, and it's actually very funny. I mean, it is a kind of tragicomic story in a way. Obviously, you know, it's it's awful for his wife and children, absolutely. But um, there are kind of slightly comedic elements to, especially the way McFadden plays him, to Stonehouse, because he's clearly a guy, he's very charismatic and he's sort of quite good looking, but he's he's sort of believes his own publicity if you like he's he's almost he's kind of out of his depth in a way and he's he's 
very susceptible to flattery. Anyway, I think it's really well done. It's very funny. It's it's fascinating. It's just such a bizarre story. And I think this is this is something you should definitely check out over Christmas. What did you think, Hannah? You are right. It was before my time, but I don't think that matters, actually, because it is just part of history, isn't it? And it is just when you thought in our time that things couldn't get more bizarre in politics, they that just happened. And it was kind of a part of history that I didn't really know much about. And I think it's really well done, actually. I think there is some humour there um, and the lengths that people will go to. And I think we are captivated, like you talked about the canoe man. You're kind of captivated by that um, idea that anybody could think that they could possibly get away with it. And... Um, I'm always fascinated because they sort of bring in the kind of um, Lord Lucan element, don't they? And, and Lord Lucan actually is from around where, where I live. And it's, it, you know, where is Lord Lucan? You know, what, whatever happened? And it's kind of, it's real life um, detective. I, I, you're a real life detective, I suppose, trying to, 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 trying to understand how people think they can get away with it. And I think this is, I think this is done really, really well. It's very interesting. Over on Netflix, available on Boxing Day, it's another new drama series, this time a thriller. It's called Treason, and here's a clip. Adam Lawrence, the youngest ever head of MI6. The CIA think Adam's been compromised. You know, it's not appropriate for us to meet like this, Cara. And yet, here you are. You have no idea of the things I've done to get you the top job. I've come to collect. No, we're done here. We're just getting started, Adam. So this is from the co-creator of that very good Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance film, Bridge of Spies. And it is an espionage thriller, but it's kind of mixing that with a family drama. And coincidentally, we were talking about Litvinenko last week. This starts with a poisoning. It's the head of MI6, played by the fantastic Kieran Hines. He is poisoned by this russian agent which means adam lawrence who's relatively young is promoted to the top job he's played by charlie cox who is the star of daredevil anyway i don't want to give too much away but essentially oh una chaplin plays his wife by the way and he's got two kids and the russian agent is played by quantum of solace actor olga kurilenko anyway so Something from Adam's past comes back to haunt him and as a result he's compromised in his job and his family are placed in danger. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give too much away. I thought this was really, really quality. It's kind of got the the feel almost of those MI6 elements of the Bond movies. Um, great performances, great cast what comes up is to do with when he was out on active duty out in Azerbaijan what I like about it is you kind of waver between thinking well is he the good guy or is he the bad guy how it impacts on his family is really well handled it's not just spies and action it also looks at the impact of what's happening with him on his wife and kids so yeah I really liked it I must say I thought it was utterly convincing really well written um yeah enjoyed it what did you think hannah completely agree with you i think it is really well done um the only thing i would say and you'll tell you can see this from my binges later it's not very christmasy is it <laughs> it didn't get me in the festive spirit but you know that's just me um 
I think it was very, it was really interesting. I like the suspense, the idea that you don't know is he good, is he bad, and and actually that's quite hard to do sometimes, isn't it? You kind of you, you catch on quite quickly. You don't in this. Um, you kind of get a, a view into MI6 and, and, and the workings of that, which I always find interesting. And uh, yeah, some somebody who's managed to get right to the top job. Um, and is it is it all as good as it's cracked up to be once you get there? Over on ITVX, a new drama that you're going to tell us about, Hannah. It's called Riches. And here's a clip. Flair and glory is the culmination of everything I have worked for. It's time to entrust it to the safekeeping of the next generation. I leave all my shares to Nina and Simon. What? You bitch! Say it again. This is right up my street. Again, not terribly Christmassy, but pretty light-hearted, although um, some real powerhouses of women going head-to-head. So this is a six-part drama, and it tells the story of the Richards family. They have a multi-million pound harem beauty business called Flair and Glory, which I just found quite funny. Um, and the patriarch, Stephen, um, who's played by Hugh Corshi, dies unexpectedly now i'll leave that the hanging there is it you know did was it you know natural causes or could it have been something else question mark but he's gone and he is he he ran the whole business he has two children from a previous relationship and he has three children with his second wife claudia now they're quite disparate the the families are quite different the the the, the first two children from what we see is sort of harder workers if you like and sort of got a bit more they're a bit more real whereas the the other three children have clearly been brought up in a life of luxury and i I suppose you could use the word slightly entitled um but they're expecting that when their father passes that that business will obviously be handed to them so alicia gus and wanda are expecting to inherit this beauty empire but there's this re- reading, and the will reading's really funny because I sat, sat around this sort of, it's a huge, very American, big, waggy type house. And there's a big sort of boardroom table, as you do in everyone's house. I mean, I have one, clearly. Um, you all sit around and they put on the screen and he, and he talks, he, he speaks to <laughs> what the will is, and <laughs> as if he's still alive. And um, it's left to his previous two children not three children with his current wife and of course you can imagine the fury um that this causes more so for his wife claudia she's absolutely determined to get uh, what she feels her children deserve and it's it's a really messy showdown and the levels that they'll go to and i mean claudia isn't a horrible person she she just wants the, she wants it for her children and but and so there is some humor that comes that comes with this um but she's she's feisty she's brash she she wants to do what she needs to do to get what she wants and um it's got cold feet it's hermione norris uh downton abbey's brendan coyle um and it's i think a lot of people have compared it to the hit us drama succession and i suppose it does have it does have a bit of that vibe for me it's just really captivating i i, I just seeing two people because it happens all the time doesn't it when someone passes away the kind of horrible um situation occurs with family members even if they got on in this case it didn't particularly but even when they do get on when money's involved it just becomes um 
just it's just awful and you see it time and again families fall out and this is just a real live battle to get absolutely what they want and there's a lot of money at stake so i think yeah really quite nicely done um relatively very easy viewing and um i liked it what about you ian yes well i when i read what the premise was i yes i did immediately think of succession and which is about the family of a media tycoon and who's going to kind of inherit the business and it's one of the best shows that's ever been made so i thought whoa is this going to be a tough act to follow but this is really good i i I loved episode one and and the first scene tackles the issue of racism because the hugh quash's character is giving an interview to a journalist and he's saying you know why why do you think that my own business which is all about black hair and beauty hasn't had enough coverage in the media and it's because of racism so it's great to see um, a black cast in a show which is about successful black people in various scenes one of the sons is stopped by the police because he's driving a, a really nice car so it does touch on this issue from time to time the characters are well drawn um there, there's a little bit of comedy to it so it starts off it's where are they all when they hear the news about their father dying and that sort of paints a little picture of what their different lives are like so one son is in a nightclub where he's sort of paying for everyone's drinks one daughter's doing she's sort of an influencer who does makeup online she's she's doing her youtube video they're all up to different things and over in the u.s the two estranged children from his first marriage who have nothing to do with the dad it's their reaction to hearing this news as well what do they want to do do they want to go to the funeral how do they feel about it how does the first wife feel about it so yeah it's a really good setup it looks very glossy doesn't it everyone looks beautiful it's all very glam lovely houses as you say it's going to be a fascinating battle because these interlopers as they're seen by the family from america have come over and unexpectedly got control of the family business so there's gonna it's basically gonna be a big showdown isn't it it's <laughs> two sides of the family trying to take control so yeah it is something different and new and refreshing and um i enjoyed it what are you going to watch on christmas day well on netflix if you're a fan of the witcher there's a prequel series called the witcher blood origin and here's a clip it all began 1200 years ago in the elven golden era, before the arrival of humans and monsters in the world. I've taken control of the entire continent. Faced with chaos, the people will always choose order. No matter the cost. Well, the good news, Hannah, is this is a mere four parts, quite rare for a binge-worthy series. I have watched some of The Witcher, which is a very good fantasy series starring Henry Cavill as the witcher of the title who is a monster hunter well this is the prequel is set quite a long time before that world 1200 years Hannah believe it or not it's got a good cast you've got Minnie Driver as an elf she kind of introduces the story gives you the backdrop Seleni Henry who's cropping up in lots of things a bit of a villain in this you've got Dylan Moran the comedian and actor the gist is 
it's basically a bit like the Lord of the Rings. There's this fellowship of warriors who bands together on a quest. Okay, so <laughs> one of them is um, a wandering minstrel called Ella. Uh, another is a warrior called Fial, who's he's played by uh, Lawrence O'Furan. I think that's how I pronounce his name. He's in Game of Thrones. You've also got, remarkably, Michel Yeoh plays this um, sword-wielding elf called Cyan. And at 60, she is brilliant in the action scenes. She's incredible. I mean, of course, she was, some time ago, she played a female warrior in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the classic martial arts film. There's also a, a character who has a massive hammer that she talks to. There's a guy who, who uses cleavers as weapons. It's a, it's almost a bit like a sort of fantasy world Magnificent Seven, if you like. So you don't need to have watched The Witcher, of course, because it's a prequel. I, I found it relatively easy to follow, even though it is in this fantasy world of all these different kingdoms and different kings. Um, it's really well done. I mean, it looks fantastic and the action sequences are terrific. So, yeah, if you're a fan of this kind of fantasy drama, I really think you will enjoy this. Uh, not sure it's one for you, Hannah. Is it? <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. But it is really well done. I mean, if you like kind of um, a lot of action and a lot of drama, then this is it right here, isn't it? And it is done really well. It, it kind of... Um, it takes you through um, how it how from the right from the beginning, I suppose. So you kind of understand absolutely everything, which you know I needed, frankly. Right, you know, right from the very beginning, right through to the end. So yeah, I it's not something that I would think. Yeah, I absolutely want to watch. Certainly not on Christmas Day. But if you like this sort of, if you like fantasy drama, then this is going to be right up your street, and it's definitely one to watch. It's incredibly well done. Now, this next one, Hannah, as soon as I saw this, I immediately put it on the <laughs> Hannah list. <laughs> it's, it's a two-part documentary series on Discovery Plus called Jamie versus Brittany, The Father-Daughter Trials, and here is a clip. Brittany made very large allegations of conservatorship abuse. My voice was muted and threatened for so long, and I wasn't able to speak up or say anything. I understand that every story needs a villain. The people have it so wrong here. You'd have to be um, living under a rock, probably, not to have heard about this trial um, and the conservatorship and the controversy around that conservatorship that uh, Jamie Spears had um, over his daughter's finances in fact every single part of her life and this is a two-part documentary and and it looks at that controversy it's really interesting actually because because I previously in the podcast I felt like I lived and breathed every single moment of this you couldn't move for stories for conversations for fans um for column inches about this story because it will go down in history. We don't have conservatorships uh, in the same way in this country, but in America, I, I don't know if you remember Ian, but back in the, it was many years ago now, but probably 14, 15 years ago, those terrible images that are kind of etched on my brain of when Britney Spears shaved, she shaved her head, she was having some kind of breakdown and she was running a paparazzi with a with an umbrella. And those the images were just really frightening and sad. And that's when the family, 
kind of got involved, particularly her father, Jamie. And he was given control over absolutely everything, um, given that they didn't feel that she was capable of, of, of doing that. Now, the, the problem is, is that she feels she, she got better. You can only hope that the, the institution, the legal institution set up to help vulnerable people like that is there to protect them. But that there's where the question came. The question came as to whether he should still be looking after absolutely every aspect of her life. And when I say every aspect of her life, um, we had real insight into that court case because it was in America. We heard her talking. She talked about the fact that she... Uh, wasn't even allowed to come off the contraceptive pill. It was down to that level of um, scrutiny that her life was under um, from her father. And she she painted a really quite bleak picture, quite a dark picture of who her father was. Um, and she wanted to break away from that. And there was a whole free Britney movement, which sounds sounds kind of radical, doesn't it? But they were almost on the picket lines out there with their, you know, banners. And, and I think they played a huge part in the US judge finally ending that legal arrangement, and uh, which was last year now. Um, and she's regained her independence. And then, of course, we then see that play out. So this do this documentary is looking into every single aspect of that, I suppose. It's talking to lawyers, close associates, um, and it tells the story as a whole. So I, I guess it aggregates everything we kind of already know and puts it into one place. But this is fascinating because you don't see this every day. Um, where does the truth lie? I get asked that a lot in interviews. Where is the truth? You know, who is right? Who is wrong? And I'm not sure that any of us could answer that. But I always go back to saying the same thing. You can only hope that the very institution that's, you know, there to protect people does exactly that. And now we're obviously watching um, Brittany, the, this phase of when she is in control of her life and seeing what she's doing and he remains quite resolute that he didn't do anything wrong her father but it was a very very ugly time and I think this is this is fascinating if you were if you were captivated by those column inches and and by all the news surrounding this then you you will enjoy this because it feels like you get a little bit closer to the story did you like it Ian? I did like it they've done it in the same way as they did the Rebecca Vardy Colleen Rooney mm. documentary in that there's two episodes, each of them told from from one person's point of view. So I watched episode one, which is which is really telling the story from Jamie's point of view. And I had, just from the media coverage and, and the movement that you talk about, the Free Britney, I had kind of cast him in the role of the controlling monster, you know. But when you learn about the story in detail, it is very interesting because, you know, she was, I mean, she's got two kids and she was taken to hospital. She was kind of out of control and possibly at, at risk of killing herself, you know. She did sort of, under this this arrangement, it's a bit like power of attorney, really, in that someone has control of your sort of your health care and of your finances, really of your whole life. And under that arrangement, she kind of got her career back together. She went on tour. But it just seems a very long time for it to last, you know, over a decade. Anyway, it, this certainly makes you think twice about the black and white judgments you might have made about this case. And yeah, I thought it was well worth a watch. Quick roundup for the listeners of the other goodies that are going to be on over Christmas. You've got your usual terrestrial Christmas specials 
things such as Strictly and Call the Midwife. I always like watching the Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing Christmas special. That's always fun with Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. That is on BBC Two on Christmas Eve. If you fancy something the family can watch together, Strictly Christmas Day, Call the Midwife Christmas Day. Now, I'm looking forward to this on Boxing Day. Another one for the whole family. The Return of Detectorists with Toby Jones and Mackenzie Crook. Absolutely love it. That's on BBC Two. Also on Boxing Day, you've got Death and Paradise on BBC One. One of the biggest shows, I would say, over the Christmas period. My goodness, I've been excited about this. It's The Return of Happy Valley, a fantastic crime drama starring Sarah Lancashire and James Norton. So looking forward to that. As usual, you've got your Jules Holland Hootenanny to get you through (laughs) New Year's Eve, if that's your cup of tea. So, yeah, plenty on both on terrestrial and on streaming platforms uh, to look forward to. We're going to be taking a, a Christmas break, of course, but we look forward to podding again in the new year and we'll start off by looking ahead to the big new shows that are coming in 2023. So we look forward to that and to rejoining you after the new year. But, Hannah, in the meantime... Keep...